welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Lina, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me, Yuri. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for chatting with me. So I'd like to start off by asking, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Yes, definitely. I consider myself to be a creativity coach and and a guide. Um, What I do is I work with individuals and organizations to help them kind of tap into their creative resources, right? Sometimes we call it tapping into your right brain. Uh, Sometimes we call it accessing your intuition and your inner artist for the purposes of sparking innovation, right? And um, really moving forward. Excellent. So... Before we go into a little, some more detail about that, I, I, I'm interested in your background because it's it's absolutely fascinating. You have studied a number of different subjects um, through your university career. What what made you want to kind of go into some of those areas and and to continually continue your education? Well, um, at, you know, at the time I. I did want it. I can look back and say I'm just a very curious individual mm-hmm. and and a wanderer, right? Okay. I mean, I think at the core of who I am is this wild-hearted artist, and um, and I didn't really, you know, it took me a long time to understand that about myself and to embrace it. I just, you know, kind of have been, you know, I follow the breadcrumbs of the universe, <laughs> and you know. I picked up the that seemed interesting mm-hmm. to me. And so I ended up having a very nonlinear path. Um, mm-hmm. And that included, you know, a, um, I mean, I started at a pretty young age with writing. My grandmother was a high school English teacher in Oklahoma. She taught AP English and she, I mean, I think she, she saw me and recognized that I was kind of a highly sensitive being and, you know, and that writing was a great emotional, you know, putting little books together. And it was an incredible outlet for me, um, not only a creative outlet, but an emotional outlet. I truly mm-hmm. believe that, you know, creativity is great medicine. And uh, and so that's kind of where it started. And then I was fortunate. My, par- my parents have a little bit of wildness in them, too, especially my dad. He loves to travel. And so I was fortunate to go on a few international. My grandmother in Oklahoma was also a photographer. She had a tiny little dark room in her garage. Um, I mean, literally one person, you know, it was like a closet that she Mm -hmm. converted into a dark room. And so she, you know, had a strong connection to photography. And then my parents gave me a camera. And when we traveled, um, you know, to London and, and Paris and Hong Kong and Beijing, 
and I started, you know, looking at the world through this, you know, through this lens and capturing little glimpses. And then I had photography. I fell in love with um, all of the different, you know, cultures that I was interfacing with. It just, you know, really widened my my worldview, and it was it was wonderful. Um, and so the thread of photography, you know, stuck with me for a while. I studied photography in college. I studied photography <laughs> at a junior college. After college, I then ended up in photography school. And so that was, you know, writing and photography were probably my, you know, first true loves and passions. Um, but I've always really just, I've, I've loved mixed media, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, drawing, I've studied drawing, you know, I, so I'm just, I, I'm finding that I am, you know, when I let it, right. Okay, so this is a big part of my message. When I allow myself, um, I just have this need to express myself creativity. I mean, and it's almost like this, like a need to be outside and be in nature or a need, you know, the, a need we have to, you know, to move our bodies. Um, and if I don't, you know, give it an outlet, if I, if I kind of stick to my task list, you know, and really stay in that left brain place of like, oh no, we've got a lot to do and, you know, chores and this mm -hmm. and that. If I don't give it an outlet, it starts like going sideways on me. Mm -hmm. And I'll find that all of a sudden it comes out, right? It will like, I've, I'm finding that this creative entity will express itself in some way. Being art with my kids, which is always great. You know, um, I love doing that, but I'm finding that I just have this, this need to be doing something or making something with my hands. It's, it's very therapeutic. Um, and like I said, if I don't channel it, you know, like it just, it will start, you know, I mean, I'll next thing, you know, I'm like rearranging the furniture in my living room and doing things that maybe aren't quite as necessary. Um, or, you know, but it's just, um, and I, I like it because I think, you know, it translates to this idea that, you know, we're all really innately creative beings and, you know, and a lot of people express their creativity in, you know, in ways that they don't necessarily acknowledge or recognize. I mean, I think the kitchen is an incredible place to be creative. I mean, and I know so many people who are like their creative outlet is in their meals, right. Mm -hmm. In food prep and in the, you know, in the way that they cook. And I mean, and there's just, you know, and there are a lot of people out there who will tell you, you know, there is um, nothing like, you know, a well-crafted meal, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then there are so many people who are incredibly creative with their homes, right? You know, home design and decor. And then you look around and you see other people who are incredibly creative with their wardrobes and, you know, and I think it even gets to this this other place of where you can be incredibly creative with your finances, right? With your budget. I mean, uh, you'll hear, or I, I'll, I should speak for myself. Like I'll hear, you know, more left brain individuals, maybe in more of the math or science areas. And they'll say, Oh, I'm not creative. And I kind of, I look at that and I think, mm, I don't know the organization or an organization, you know, that maybe doesn't have as many funds to work with. Like I am, I guarantee you are moving money around and, you know, in very creative ways, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just kind of redefining this idea of what does it mean to be creative? Um, you know, my creativity was a little less mainstream as I just kind of wandered from, from one thing to the other and, you know, kind of 
following my curiosity, you know, giving, you know, myself a chance to explore, um, to kind of circle back to your question about, you know, my background and, and how I've, I've studied a lot of different things. And, you know, and even in this past year, I've, I've, you know, really done some intense wandering, which has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, while my, why my wandering, you know, looked a little bit more, you know, along those creative avenues, right. Whether it was writing, drawing, painting, you know, photography, um, travel, right. I think travel is an amazing way to, to be creative and to wander. I think it looks different for everyone, right. Mm-hmm. I think wandering and, and really expressing your inherent creativity is, um, is different for each individual. But, you know, I think one of the things that I like to, because I went through this, right, of, uh, I went through this, this phase of not truly embracing my inner artist, mm-hmm. right, you know, through periods of time where I was just kind of focused on, you know, focused on conforming myself to, you know, whatever life was asking at the time um, and not, you know, truly stepping into like, well, I'm an artist and and that is going to have impact on the way that I live, right? Whether it's, right. you know, dedicating 15 minutes a day to it or just, you know, or, or Saturday morning um, or whether it's full time, you know, whether it's, it's full fledged, you know, this is what I do. I think there's something that happens when we, honor and acknowledge and embrace those creative aspects of ourselves and saying, Hey, yeah, I want to give myself time and space to do this, or at least I want to honor when I am being creative. Right. And instead mm-hmm. of saying like, Oh, I'm not an artist or oh, I'm not a creative individual say, Hey, it, it, it may just not be true. Right. There may be areas where you're being incredibly creative and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious in your own journey and and I know you like to use the phrase wander um what was your own personal journey like Mm -hmm. from from your early days of like you know going to school and kind of figuring out you know what your passion is to what you're doing now on the you know the the creativity and the um, intuitive guide type of, of coaching right you know kind of just it's, it's funny, the word that you, I'm like, it was really just a wander, <laughs> you know, more seriously. And so, you know, what that looked like for me was pursuing my pi- my fine art and, you know, working um, or waiting tables. I, I waited a lot of tables, which was a, actually a wonderful job and very valuable. Um, and it allowed me, you know, the kind of the flexibility that I needed. And then I got to a place where I started, you know, thinking more about a career. It's like, well, you know, what career could I do that would allow me to be more creative, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that I might feel, because I, I really enjoyed teaching. I was actually teaching English as a second language to adults. And it, like I said, I, I loved the teaching. I loved my students, um, but I was looking for something that was going to give me a little more longevity in terms of a creative outlet. And so I started studying web and graphic design and, and that was fascinating because I was learning to code and that was like learning another language. And I've always been very interested in languages and have loved language acquisition. And that played into, you know, teaching English as a second language. And so I started, you know, learning code and, um, and I did a little bit of freelance work 
And, um, and I started down that path and then I ended up and I was married at, at the time. And so I ended up having a baby Okay. and, um, and that, you know, kind of derailed all of my plans. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you have a, you know, and when you have a baby, you start really, you know, kind of wanting to focus on your finances and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's like, Ooh, you know, I freelancing seemed like a good idea, but is it really, and then, you know, and then I had a baby who was just absolutely wonderful, but, you know, she just really wanted mama. Um, we'll put it that way. Most babies do, but yeah. I had, I, <laughs> so, so I ended up being home. I ended up not working and I was, I was just with her for a while. And, um, so I got to practice creative motherhood, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, you know, moms are, are just, um, I, I developed my multitasking skills and, um, and so I was, I was hoping that I had another child. And so I was home with them for a few years. Um, and then I got divorced. And so, and the reason I'm mentioning this is because it was really critical in, you know, like becoming, you know, I had a couple of life events that, you know, becoming a mother and, and then, you know, going through a divorce when my kids were really young. Mm-hmm. It really, in a lot of ways, I, I had, I set my artist self aside, right. You know, so I ended up in a little bit of a pendulum shift, right. And so, you know, life got as serious, you know, for a while. And so it really was about, you know, what does it look like for me to reenter the workforce and provide for myself and make a living. And, um, I, you know, I, ended up in a, a very administrative job, a very structured, you know, like be at your desk at 8am and you cannot leave until 5pm. And, you know, and it was very much, um, it was a great, stable, secure job, the kind of job that I thought I needed to have as a, you know, single parent. And so, and so I get into this job, I was absolutely, you know, and it was, it was definitely a learning curve, but I was absolutely able to do it team of people. Um, but what I found is that I was dying inside. Like I just like, it was, you know, I know there's an expression that's kind of, you know, thrown around like this soul crushing corporate job. It wasn't a corporate job. It was, um, a County, it was a government job. Okay. And like I said, the people there were wonderful and they were gracious and there was nothing wrong with the job except that I had taken that pendulum shift like I had swung so far on the other side where that just like I was not able to express myself create creatively in any way shape or form um and you know and just kind of like the intuitive aspect it was a very analytical job and so the I was a single parent with a lot of custody of my kids at the time and so you know on the weekends I was just like surviving you know just like trying to figure out how to get it get laundry and groceries and get it done and um you know, and maybe I'd, I'd um, it, actually, I really wasn't doing any photography at the time. You know, I was going to say, maybe I'd go for a surf here or there, or, you know, get out for a walk and get out in nature. And so I had to, you know, I, so like I said, I've lived at both extremes. I feel like I've lived in a lot of places in the middle, you know, being a very footloose and fancy free, you know, pursuing my art primarily. And then I've also, you know, been in that place where, I kind of, you know, looked at my inner artist and said, sorry, honey, like you've got to sit in the corner for a while, mm-hmm. um, which was very, very, I mean, it was very painful, right? I mean, in a lot of ways it was, it was a form of self-abandonment. And so, you know, 
but I do believe that, um, you know, the universe heard my prayers because I was in that job for about six months and it just, it, it fell apart, you know, no fault of my own. You know, it basically was just like, sorry, this, you know, somebody, the person who had this job before you was coming back and she has priority. And it was like, Oh, thank God. Um, like this is the best news that I've gotten, you know, in six months. And so again, I was able to make a graceful exit, you know, um, because of the circumstances terms. And that was when I, you know, I mean, it, it definitely was scary, right. In terms of freeing of like, okay, like I could, as soon as that happened, it was just like the word in my head was just like art, art. Like all I want to do is, you know, I looked long and hard at opening up a, you know, creative art studio, um, came very close a couple of times that, you know, I really had to get to that place of saying like, wow, I do have a very strong creative self and a very strong creative being that I did abandon for a time. So what can I do, right? Where do I fit into this world where I can be, you know, a contrib, you know, a, a worker among workers where I can contribute like the skills and gifts that I have to the world, um, but still be doing something that allows me to express myself creative, creatively. Mm-hmm. And I ended up kind of going on a journey that lasted about, you know, it was a little over a year, I'd say, you know, almost closer to 18 months of where I kind of, I looked at a lot of things, you know, creative individuals. Um, and I, I mean, all of it, Yuri, I mean, yeah. scientific hand analysts, career counselors, aptitude testing, like, like I really put my foot down with the universe and said, okay, I have, I have a purpose here on this planet. I know that I have something to offer. I know I have skills and I know I have talents. I've been a little bit of a square peg in a round hole, like trying to, you know, figure out what it is. And so Mm -hmm. I ended up in this place, you know, where I, I really kind of had to say, I think I need to make my own job in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, I started drawing on all of these diverse experiences, you know, from, I mean, all the way going, all the way back through college, all the way through my 20s, all the way through my 30s, and, you know, pulling the threads from them and, you know, creating, and then watching other people, you know, in creative industries, like what are, you know, what are they doing and how is this? treats and you know putting myself in some ways through a little bit of like a creative graduate school right I I hate to say that because it was a very you know a linear because I know grad school is like very intense and very expensive and people work very hard right um and so but in a lot of ways I did you know my own form of like you know quickly ramping up in in you know the creative higher education um and like I said, pulled from all these different aspects of who I am and um, as, you know, a intuitive, creative individual um, who has, you know, a passion for, for connecting with other people. And so when I do, you know, my guidance and my coaching, I mean, I'm really, I'm drawing on my personal experience of, you know, being lost and then, you know, and then making my way. And I think... I refer to it as the Vagare paradox because mm-hmm. Vagare 
is the Italian word to wander. And, uh, and I did spend a semester in Florence when I was like 20, 21 years old, studying mm-hmm. Italian and, and wandering and getting very lost in Europe, um, getting very lost all over Florence, um, you know, because that was before we had cell phones and navigation apps. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, unless you had a map, like you were getting lost. Um, right. and I, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did a lot of wandering then. And so, you know, pulling back, you know, pulling all the way from like the wandering that I used to, that I did before I started, you know, kind of trying to force myself into, you know, to being someone who I'm not, because I think sometimes you do have to let go of the outcome and you do have to let go of the destination um, before you can really, you know, get that clarity and get mm-hmm. that insight. And it is, you know, in, I mean, depending on the, the level to which you're doing it, sometimes it's, it's really frightening and it's really scary or it feels very uncomfortable to not have an answer at cocktail parties when people are saying, so that question again. Um, and so I get it, right? I have been there. Um, I've been there a lot. And so, you know, I, I kind of put myself on, on this core of, of letting go of the outcome, letting go of the destination, saying like, I'm just going to do this, right? And we're going to see what happens and I know it's going to come and I'm going to continue, you know, taking that next step and and picking up the breadcrumbs. Now, I'm not encouraging everybody to, you know, um, quit their jobs or lose their jobs or I'm actually, you know, I, I, when I take this into corporate, it's really more about, you know, giving yourself space in the terms of, of creative problem solving, right? Mm-hmm. And giving yourself space to, you know, to let go of some of the the linear thinking. And what does it take to get into your right creative problem solving can really happen. It does happen in, you know, when the left brain and the right brain are working in collaboration. Mm -hmm. But we tend to be more of a left brain culture, right? A left brain society. And we don't necessarily give ourselves a lot of we don't give our right brain a lot of permission to play right or a lot of permission to just explore or to just to just be or just to be without language right mm-hmm. um and so you know it's this interesting combination of like yeah we live in a left brain world and there are you know there are dishes to wash and laundry to do <laughs> and bills to pay and jobs to go to right and task lists and emails but what happens when you start giving your, yourself a little space to let go of that task list, I, I know on a daily basis how hard it is, and to say, yeah, I'm going to go take that walk, or I am going to sit down for 15 minutes and meditate, or I am going to, you know, whatever it is, you know, that sparks you, right? Mm-hmm. I am going to take time to, you know, or I'm going to go to the grocery store without a shopping list and just... <laughs> what calls to me right I mean it's right. just it can be really little right it can be really minor um but in order for me to get you know to answer your question to get from point a to point b to where I'm now you know and I have this this message of vagare I mm. had to put myself on a little bit more of an you know an extreme course um you know and and I did I mean I I did the the trip to Bali and everything you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I did the art of aliveness retreat to yeah. Indonesia. Um, you know, I took a few pages from Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just 
adore and admire as a teacher and a creative, you know, an embodiment of creativity. And um, so I, you know, I did something a little more extreme, but it doesn't have to be like that for, for everybody. And you don't always have to step away. It could be just incrementally, you know, giving yourself, giving yourself that space. And so, and I have some other tools and, and techniques that you can really even do, you know, from your desk. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll kind of kick you into your right brain pretty quickly. But I think I, for me, I view it as more of a lifestyle, right? This is, it's a way of not, uh, you know, of listening to this whole part of myself, right? Not abandoning that inner artist. And I got to say, when we do that, right, when we have that inner artist on board, and I mean, if you're working in a corporate environment, mm-hmm. and you have this aspect of yourself on board, wow, and like, you're nourishing it, you're going to be, you know, the person who's like sitting storming table, like who has all these fresh ideas, right, who has like the out of the box solutions, you know, who is continuing to innovate in whatever it looks like, whether it's, you know, design or, um, you know, products or content or marketing or, you know, whatever, whatever aspect that you're in, I think there's a lot of value. You can really have a lot of impact in, you know, in not only your professional life, but also your personal life. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's great to bring up. I'm, and so with this, let's say the, the listeners on this podcast, I, I don't have as many corporate, uh, but I know that for, you know, for most people, we're always looking for the next, you know, uh, idea, whether it's, you know, through our our personal or professional lives, but, you know, trying to find solutions to our problems is a, is a, you know, is a a universal thing. So in your work, and this may tie into your, uh, so your book, Fagare, that's coming out soon. How do you recommend people tap into that inner creative process or are there certain exercises you have people do that allow them to kind of free their minds to, you know, to open themselves up to innovative solutions that they wouldn't have necessarily come up with um, have they, if they were just struggling and trying to force it? Right. Great question. And so I'm going to answer you in two part because I want to, <laughs> yeah, um, personally that mm-hmm. worked for me. And then okay. I also want to give a couple of other like just little quick little tips Sure. You know, that, that can be easily incorporated. Well, I don't know if easy is the right word, but that can be incorporated into into daily life. Um, so when I was on my journey and I was trying to figure this out, I had a good friend, actually, you know, a friend who has probably known me the long, the longest. Right. And she, so she really, you know, she's just one of those people who sees me, right. Who, you know, has, I mean, we've been friends since like freshman year of high school or something along those lines. And so when I was going through this process, you know, my, my, my mainstream government job had fallen apart. I was kind of at loose ends and I, but I wasn't ready to dive back in into, you know, unfortunately I had the ability to, to take a little time off and I wasn't ready to dive back into that corporate job. Mm -hmm. She said to me, have you ever heard of this book called the artist's way by Julia Cameron? And I hadn't. Um, mm-hmm. And she said, check it out. Um, you know, you might, it might help you, you know, in this, in this process. And I was a little like, yeah, like another, like another thing, another program, another book, right. Another workbook. <laughs> like, 
But so what happens with me, because I have, I mean, I, I'm like anybody else. I have a natural resistance, right? Sometimes like the universe gives me a message and I'm like, I, I don't think so, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so the universe gave me the message again. And she said, yeah, I've been work, working through this book, The Artist's Way. And I'm just like, okay, I'm starting to pay attention now. And she said, it's been amazing, you know, and um, in helping me just kind of express my my creative self. And I still didn't really know what it was all about. But The Artist's Way is a an incredible resource, and it is a workbook for mm-hmm. creative individuals and non-creative individuals but it is geared towards you know writers and artists who feel like they're stuck right who feel like Mm -hmm. they're blocked but what's great about it is it can also be used for anybody who's kind of trying to unearth the next step the next direction you know the next course of action and bring a little bit more you know vibrancy and vitality and just color and creativity into their lives right Mm-hmm. Anybody can do this, you know, attorneys and, and corporate individuals, and you can work through the artist's way. And I truly believe it will have an impact. So that's literally one of the first things that I started doing. I mean, I was I was looking into, you know, that was at the time I was looking into, you know, opening an art studio. But I started working through the artist's way. And what Julia Cameron insists that you do in this book, she will insist, like she will demand of you that you get up every morning and maybe you get up about 30 minutes early mm-hmm. and you do, she, she, she's like adamant about it, that you do three pages of stream of consciousness writing, like journal pages, right? But you're not journaling about anything specific. You're just writing and you can write about anything. I mean, you can whine and complain about how you don't have the laundry done or about how you don't want to go to work today. Mm-hmm. You just write. That's the bottom line. You put pen to paper and you just write for three pages or 15 or 20 minutes, whatever you can do. And it's just, um, and that's, that's one of her, you can answer in all sorts of exercises, but one of the foundational pieces is this daily and she calls them morning pages right you got to do them in the morning you don't have to but it's it's ideal if you do um is this stream of consciousness writing now the way i've come to understand it is that it's in a lot of ways it's kind of a it's you you can view it so many different ways right for some people it's a meditation right Mm -hmm. For other people, they can use it to communicate with, you know, their guides and, you know, their spiritual, um, their source of, of spiritual direction, whomever and, and whatever that may be. If you want to look at it a little more analytically, you can consider it to be kind of a left brain dump, right? Your left brain is very analytical. It's very chatty. It has a lot to say. It's constantly trying to work things out, um, whereas your left brain you know, is not attached to your language, or I'm sorry, your right brain is not attached to your language centers, but your left brain is, right? So your left brain is where your language is not in your right brain. So when you meditate, you're kind of, you're shifting over to your right brain more. And it's really interesting. And so this stream of consciousness writing, and you do this left brain dump, right? Then you kind of allow that part of you to be heard. And then it might quiet down a little bit and give your right brain a little more space to do what it needs to do in terms of the creativity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives it a little bit more because you've kind of let your left brain, like just, just get it out, honey, just get it out. Right. <laughs> right. And then your right brain 
is like, Ooh, okay. Like now that we've done that, like, can I, can I, you know, sit at the table and say something? And so you can view it that way. And so I did morning pages. Um, you know, I mean, and I would get up at like five o'clock in the morning so I could do them before my kids got up. Um, and because it helped me, right. It really did help me to get all of that out right in the things that are coming out like you kind of just it does help you start working through things right you can work through business problems you can work through personal problems just by doing this stream of consciousness writing and then you can i wouldn't not you know you can go back and look at them we you know julia cameron says absolutely nobody is allowed to read these and i agree a hundred percent like they are not for anyone's eyes but your own because mm -hmm. you really need that safe space right? To just, to let it be as ugly and as messy, you know, and as gossipy as it needs to be. And, you know, and in the artist's way, she says, you know, what happens, this interesting unconscious thing happens that when you hear yourself like whine and complain about something enough in the morning pages, like you will actually get tired of hearing yourself like whine and complain about that. And you'll, you'll unconsciously start to change it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you'll just, I mean, it'll like all sorts of these subconscious and unconscious shifts start to happen and it could be that your right brain is you know actually having some space to get on board and so that's one thing that i do recommend and it's something that i did right you know the other thing that i did that was enormous for me was also out of julia cameron's artist way um, program you know protocol or system is that i did start taking myself on artist dates and I still think these are so fantastic. And basically what you're doing is you're taking, you know, let's call it whatever you can do, whether it's like an hour, an hour and a half, you're taking like two hours of uninterrupted time to be with your inner artist. Right. And mm -hmm. to listen to like literally, and this is like nobody else, like no kids, no partner, you know, just you and your inner artist. And it kind of forces you to start listening to that, you know, inner voice. Now she refers to it as the inner artist. You know, you can also refer to it as your intuition, um, you know, your inner wisdom, your, your inner guides, whatever, you know, feels right for you. But it, it kind of gets you in this habit of paying attention to what your intuition and what your inner artist have to say. Right. And so you know, my inner artist and I have gone ice skating together, right? Because I like to ice skate, right? Mm -hmm. And um, as much as I adore my children, you know, they are not at the place where ice skating is fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's mostly just super stressful because I'm trying to, you know, be a mama bear and keep them safe. Sure. But like I have this little girl, like this inner artist in me that likes to ice skate, right? So there have been a couple of times where it's like I set aside the time, right? My kids are with their dad or I have childcare or whatever it is. And, and I go ice skating and then I like kind of like, and it's like, well, that was super fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just me and her, my inner me, me and me basically. And, you know, and then I kind of pause and it's like, all right, well, what do you want to do next? And like, she says different things. Like sometimes it's like, how about some Thai food, you know, or another time it was like, I want like sushi and Star Wars, right? So it's like I, so it doesn't have to all be creative. It doesn't like, I mean, and I would actually encourage, encourage like the artists and like the creatives 
who are hearing this to say like, this is not necessarily like your working time, right? Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily like setting aside this time to go to your studio. You might, mm -hmm. right? Cause that may be what your inner artist wants to do. Like your inner artist want, might say, Hey, we have, we haven't painted in two weeks. Like we got to go do this. Right. But you're, you know, you're, inner artists might just need a little playtime, right? Because I don't know about you, but I have a hard time letting myself just play, mm -hmm. right? And just like have that free time, like that's totally unproductive, that's total downtime, that's not in front of the TV, right? And just, you know, and it made it again, like your inner artist might just be like, oh, I totally want to watch that movie, you know, and that's <laughs> awesome, right? But right. I think, because I think it really, like the practice is about listening to your, intuition and mm -hmm. your inner self and so i'm trying to think what else we've done i mean i i definitely like we did a little overnight you know like up in sausalito like i've just done different things you know or maybe we went to and checked out some open studios and like bought a piece of art or like i mean it but it really can be like a trip to the art supply store and like you're getting you know glitter glue and scissors and you know construction paper and you're just making something right because you're because that's what your inner artist wants to do or because you really have an intention to honor that creative part of yourself right you know mm -hmm. or maybe that that child right that used to create that you feel like you want to reconnect with and so those are two things that i did um that i still practice right um that I, because I feel like they allow me to keep those channels open where I'm really paying attention to like the core of my being. I mean, we're talking like authentic self type of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And when I'm connected with that authentic self, Yuri, like that's when I really can, like my creativity just explodes, yeah. right? Because I'm not thinking about like, will this sell, right? I mean, that. That is like the thing, make money with this, will this sell, you know, and it's hard, like, because we do need to fund the habit, right? I mean, I buy big canvases, right? And so sometimes <laughs> I really do, like, like, I do need to think about, like, where, where am I going to put this? Like, how am I going to offload this? You know, how am I going to pay for that big canvas? Um, and so I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying let's be, you know, totally impractical, but if I can just stay in that place of like my raw, unfiltered, you know, unadulterated, creative, authentic self mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and doing morning pages, going on artist dates are, you know, surefire ways to do that. Um, I also think that, you know, working with your non-dominant hand. So this is so I'm right-handed, right? Um, so I, you know, I do all my writing with my right hand. So for me, working with my non-dominant hand is giving the the pen or the mm -hmm. paintbrush or the whatever it is to my left hand and saying, "Go for it," right? And writing or drawing or painting with your non-dominant hand, because your non-dominant hand isn't attached to that you know, typically it varies, you know, for different people, there are certain, there's a percentage breakout of which hand is connected to, to which, but typically your non-dominant hand is connected to your right brain where more of your creative and intuitive centers are located. And so, you know, doing some, even some blind contour drawing where you're looking at an object and you're not looking at your paper and you're drawing, 
drawing as slowly and mindfully and intentionally as possible with your non-dominant hand, about 15 or 20 seconds of that is going to kick you straight into your right brain, right? And it'll allow you, it'll allow you to get it basically to start acts tapping that out of the box thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and I, and non-dominant hand work can be really interesting because you can ask yourself you know, you can write a question with your non-dominant hand, or I'm sorry, with your dominant hand. So we'll get granular. Write a question with your right hand, right? Okay. If you're right-handed. If you're right-handed, write a question with your right hand. You know, and ask whatever it is that you need to ask. Um, you know, who are you? How old are you? What are you? Um, you know, and then let your left hand answer. Now, if you're left-handed, just switch this, right? Mm-hmm. So let your non-dominant hand answer. And when it comes out looking like, you know, kindergarten scratch or scribbles or, you know, and it's like very wobbly and very shaky, like do your best to be compassionate and not judge it, right? <laughs> and just um, just listen, right, to, to what comes out. And so there's, you know, so I think there's all, you know, these are different these are kind of like the tips for accessing your, you know, I mean, you can talk, like you can talk to yourself, you can talk to your inner artist that way. You can talk to a body part that way. Um, If you're, these are some things that I picked up, right. You can actually talk to different body parts. You can talk to your inner self. And um, it's just another way of, of kind of tapping into that right brain, tapping into your authentic self. And, um, and and seeing what's there um but i'd say those are you know a lot of the things that i feel like have helped propel me forward on my journey and and um you know and i still i still you know take myself on a 20 minute walk right if i need a break if i'm you know if i'm in it right because i feel like getting outside and getting in nature is also very healing so there's a variety, a variety of things that, um, you know, there's some movement exercises you can do, but, um, but I like, uh, I like some of the things that Julia Cameron presented. I feel like they're, they're tried and tested. Yeah. Wonderful. So on, in your own journey, the, um, there's times when you felt fearful about moving forward on a new decision or a project, how did you think about fear and how did you overcome it? Oh, this is, that's a good question. Um, well, cause I definitely know fear and I, nef- mm-hmm. I definitely know, I know dipping into fear and I have also experienced how um, really inhibits my creativity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, there's a lot of different ways that I've looked at it, right? You know, I mean, a lot of ways I approach, you know, I've approached fear, like just with my own personal faith, like in, in the universe and, you know, looking back on my personal experience, you know, saying like, okay, like I can look at these experiences, right? These really tough, challenging, scary experiences, right? And, and look back and say like, you know, I, I made it through, Right. And I felt like the universe did have my back and I felt like I was, I was terrified. I mean, walking through a divorce, like when I did, when I was unemployed and I had two, you know, very young children, my kids were one and three and, 
you know, and thinking like, oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? Right. You know, I've got to get divorced and re-enter the workforce and, you know, and, and figure all of this out. And, and it, and, you know, and it was terrifying, but I made it through. So I think sometimes it does help me to look back at past events, right. You know, I mean, literally make a list of, you know, these, some of these experiences that were terrifying, but that you, you know, you were able to walk through. Um, I think that's one way to do it. You know, I know a lot of people do counteract their fear with their, you know, with their personal faith, right. Whether it's, in the universe or, or their own spiritual belief, whatever that is. And I, I, I mentioned that because I truly believe that like faith is, um, you know, in whatever your, your, you know, your faith in the unseen is, it really does. It really will. Um, it is a good antidote for fear. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that I want to say is like, sometimes our fear just, it needs to have a voice, right? So when you can give your fear a seat at the table, right? And say like, come on in, honey, I am making you a cup of tea, right? Um, and this is, this is really tricky for me because as I'm saying it, like I know I'm uncomfortable with like pouring tea for my fear, you know? Like right. <laughs> um, when you can give your fear a seat at the table or, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, talks about giving it a seat in the car, right? Mm -hmm. In her book, Big Magic, she has a great chapter on fear and she talks about it. You know, she just gives, she gives it a little talk like she would, you know, kind of an un, un, unruly child, right? Or a child who's, who's being difficult and basically saying like, we're all getting in the car and we're going to do this. And you get a seat in the car. Like you're, I know that you're, I can't just cut you off, right? Like you are a part of this equation as, you know, we're, having this human experience, like fear is part of it, right? And so you get to come in the car, but um, you don't get to decide what music we're playing. Um, <laughs> you don't get to decide, you know, like you're, you're here and we're honoring that, but you don't get to, you know, be a part of some of these decisions and you sure as hell do not get to hold the map. And, I, and I'm almost quoting her, you know, when mm -hmm. I say this. Um, you know, and I just, I love that because it's basically, you know, it is that concept of like fears there, right? We're human beings. It's going to be part of the experience, but if you can give it a voice, you know, in your morning pages, right? Write about how scared you are, right? Or how much you don't want to do this thing or how terrifying it is, right? Write about it, let it out, right? Give it a voice, honor it, you know, switch hands and then, you know, talk to your fear right? With your non-dominant hand, right? Mm -hmm. Let your fear have a voice, with, you know, with the other hand, see what it says, right? Talk to the child, right? And, um, and let your, let your grown-up come forward and say, hey, I know you're scared, but I got this, right? Mm -hmm. I got this. I have a plan. I have a map. I've got this. And, you know, we're going to put one foot in front of the other and we're going to do the next right thing. And that's that. Right. And I think, you know, um, and I love that. I love that they, I don't know if you've seen the new frozen movie, um, frozen two, mm -hmm. I have kids. So I watch <laughs> animated movies. Um, yeah. so, but they have this, like, you know, this really great scene, um, you know, where it's just like, 
you know, one of the characters is in grief. She's in fear. She doesn't know what to do next. And she has this whole like fantastic song about how she gets up off the floor. She puts one foot in front of the other and she does the next right thing. And I think, um, I love how this answer is evolving as I was, as I'm talking <laughs> through it. <laughs> so, because, you know, I mean, cause I think I'm, you know, I'm kind of trying to frame it in a lot of different ways, but like, to be honest with you, that's, I, that's a great way to approach your fear of like, yeah. take a minute, like take a breath, like, okay, what's in front of me? Like, what is the next right thing that I need to do? And I've even, you know, heard, I've been in a workshop with a creativity coach because creative anxiety is a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. Paralyzing creative anxiety that prevents you from doing your work is real. Like we are not alone. And, you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, he uses to counteract it is just, you know, have a mantra for yourself, right? Like when you're stuck and when you're having a really hard time getting to your creative work, you know, one one of the mantras could be like, the next right thing, you know, or just Mm -hmm. this right now, right? Just, just right now, just this, just this, um, um, you know, there's a a variety of mantras that you can use all, you know, that's actually reminding me to make a list of mantras and put it (laughs) above my desk. (laughs) So, so do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think those are, those are some of the things that I've used to help myself get to the other side. Sure. So in your own journey, then, what what has been the best advice that you have ever received? So, um, thank you for asking that. Because there was a point where I was, like I said, I was looking under every single rock. I was leaving no stone unturned. I was, you know, going to the mount, the shaman in the mountain, and you know, going <laughs> going to. Um, you know, to Indonesia, I was looking everywhere for answers. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, at so at this particular point in my journey, when I was doing a lot of seeking, I was doing a lot of wandering because I was really, you know, having my my showdown with the universe saying like, I am, you put me in this body on this planet for a reason. And I want to make best use of my time here. So what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And so I was in that place when a wise man told me to, um, and he had just read my palm, by the way. <laughs> so let's, let's make it even more interesting. He had just like, you know, if you, if you believe any, in, in any of that, it was scientific hand analysis. And so basically he had just read like my soul map, right, which is in my palm. So he had a pretty good idea of, of who he was talking to even though we were total strangers, but he, you know, he was able to see me and he said, let all your horses out and see where they lead. Mm. And that was his advice to me. Right. And it was not at all what I wanted from him. Right. And I was just like, cause I was hoping for a career direction to be yeah. honest at that time, Yuri, I was like, can you tell me like, am I supposed to go be a teacher or a therapist or, you know, blah, blah, what something. Give me something linear. Give me something defined. Give me something I can grab onto and just do, right? Because I know how to hustle. And instead, he said to me, you know, let all your horses out and see where they lead. And he said, you know, you have this ability to be very, you know, I mean, he could see that I had this ability to be very left brain and very linear. But I also have this ability to, you know, 
to be very creative and, you know, and wandering and, you know, and I ha- like I have the dichotomy, right? The ability to be both. Mm-hmm. And so he was actually advising me to take my compass, my personal and life compass and hand it over to my wanderer, to the passion department, right? To my inner artist, to the curious one. And he said, see where they lead, right? And he's like, and basically he told me to stop trying to predict the outcome, right? Like I'm going to go to Indonesia and fall in love with an Australian surfer and learn how to, you know, learning the meaning of life through intense meditation. He said, no, you just wander, right? You just see, he said, let them lead, not you. And so it was the, you know, it really was some of the best advice I've gotten, you know, and it was the advice that I needed at that time. And I think in a lot of ways in, you know, becoming who I am as an entrepreneur and, you know, figuring out, you know, what I want to offer to the world, you know, and in designing Vagare, right. Designing, you know, wander in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways, it's kind of what I'm turning around and telling other people is, Mm -hmm. can you give yourself enough space, right. Enough room, you know, for this aspect of you to breathe to, to wander a little bit and see what happens and see what kind of, you know, how it enriches and enlivens, you know, your way of being. Um, and so that's in a lot of ways, that's the message that I'm turning right around and giving to other people, knowing the challenges of being, you know, a linear, you know, left brain person, but also saying we've got this other aspect of ourselves and it doesn't take much to nurture it. But if we start nurturing it regularly and, you know, with intention, it really can, it, it can change your life. Right. And that's what happened to me in, you know, in, in more of a dramatic way, but I think it can have an, an impact and an influence on, on anyone who tries it. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, wow. That's, thank you so much. That's been, um, very deep and, um, and meaningful. So thank you. So, Lena, this has been absolutely fantastic. And for the listeners who want to follow up with you and learn more about what you're working on and potentially buy your book and connect with you, where is the best place they can go online to do that? Absolutely. Thanks for asking. I'm at linaredhawk.com. And that's L-Y-N-N-A-R-E-D-H-A-W-K.com. You can also find me under the same Instagram handle, and um, yeah, that's that's those are both. That's basically where I hang out. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll find a lot of information, and definitely, you know, you can find ways to reach me on my website, linaredhawk.com. And then I, I, uh, you know, just try to kind of post creative wanderings and musings, and you know, personal insights, and just you know, interesting daily life stuff um, on Instagram. Wonderful. Well, I will I will also put those in the show notes so people can click right through. So, Lena, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. And um yeah, I I encourage all the listeners to contact you if if something something that you said resonated with them. And um again, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been an honor and a pleasure. I really enjoyed connecting with you today. Thank you, Yuri. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art podcast. 
you liked this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.